following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So I get back on a Friday from Mexico, and it's Sunday before the 4th, and I'm tooling around, running some errands, kind of getting ready for the week ahead, and I get voicemails at my desk sent to my email, so I know that somebody has called and whatever, and I listen. Guy just had a couple questions, said if you give me a call back. I, against my better judgment, returned his call on my cell phone. Ooh. Bad move, sir. Very nice guy. I believe his name was Tom Ellis, and he wanted to know about Brewer Games and why we had been missing some and what the deal was. And he apparently went to school with Michael, I think. And he said, by the way, you and Saunders keep cranking out those podcasts. Oh, yeah. I love to listen yeah, to Yeah, I know Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought I would pass that be along. Respect, be respectful of the phone number, though, Tommy. Be respectful. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't be re- hitting him up for Correct. dirty dirty Packer opinions or no, anything you, like that. Right, because I'm sure he has that in his recent <laughs> call log. He, so. he won't do that, wink, wink. It was nice. It was nice. He was very, very cordial. I didn't know I didn't know if you knew oh, him yeah, or yeah. whatever. But apparently, no, Tommy for a long time. But apparently yeah. he listens. So I thought that was kind of nice to come home for to. Sure. That, that at least since we haven't done one in a couple weeks. I thought that would be a good I thought uh, I thought it was going to be a bad story. When, no. you sa- when you said his name, I'm like, wait a minute, I know Tom Ellis. Like, where's this going? <laughs> no, he was very nice. He was very nice and just had just had some, some programming questions and then kind of slipped in the intentional foul mention in there nice. with you and me that he likes to listen. So I thought, that. I thought that was cool. So, yes, welcome back. we, we got to start doing these more often I know. now, you know? I know. But, well, we, but as we were just talking before we came on, I mean, we are really in the dead zone now. It's bad. It's bad. Like, Mondays are good for me because all the stuff that happens on the weekend I can talk about and recap. We got a little Brewers, a little golf, a little I have Cubs. no idea what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. Yeah. Brewers are off. There's nothing. There's nothing. So I I honestly don't know. And next week's going to be worse. Mm-hmm. So We're just counting down to training camp, basically. That's what it is. Because baseball now, we are in the true dog days. It's this week, next week, and then camp starts. Yeah. So we got two weeks to fill. Yeah, then, eight weeks from today, we, we'll be sitting here talking about the first uh, yeah. week of football. Yeah, which so, is fine with me because yeah. you get to this point. I mean, it's you know me. I like football, but it's it's nice to get that breather. It's nice to get all this baseball. It's nice to get some of these golf majors and stuff, you know, really happening. But then it gets to a point where everything just starts to trickle off, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, there ain't nothing going on. You know, yeah. there's, I mean, and I love baseball, but once the I, once the NBA draft is over, you have like that two day flurry of free agency, and then like from the fourth of July through basically what mid August, there ain't a hell of a lot going on. So how do we solve this? Is, is is there something that we can do? And I don't mean you and me. I just mean like in the in the sporting world that we can either shift or plug in to take up time. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> You know, the NBA and the NHL, they can't go any longer. Right. And football can't play in the summer. No. Unless it's the USFL. And um, I didn't even, 
I didn't even know the season I, was still going on a few weeks ago. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, you've got golf, but that's niche. You've got some tennis majors. That's niche. Right. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to the British Open. I've watched more golf than I ever have. I love watching the old dudes. I know a lot of people would prefer if the World Cup was... Don't have me now. I, I mean, granted, I'm not a soccer fan, but at least it's a, a large event. Is the would the Olympics? If this was a year, would they be in this? They're usually late July or in early August. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So that's nice every four years, yeah, but but every yeah, you know, that it's just it's tough, man. Because I mean, as the consumer, we're just not sitting around as much watching the. Watching True. the games either, Maybe and the network. Why it, there's it, not? It all boils down to can the networks think they make money on it, right. which we'll get to later. Um, <laughs> and and that's pretty much it. Yeah. If they can't sell their advertising dollars the way they want to, they're just not gonna. You're not gonna have games on. But man, for people in my line of work, like I, I think I remember that either one of these two weeks, Al used to take vacation. You could start doing like, um, what they used to have like um, like. Monday night baseball on ABC or NBC back in the day. You could have like Tuesday night softball down at Dawson. Like you could go down and broadcast some games. And it's funny that you mention that because I thought about buying. He'd go over to Parker and broadcast Bradison Sweat League games. Oh my God. He would be very appreciative of, of that. Of course he would. <laughs> I thought about buying one of these roadcasters just as a mixer and like getting and taking our our signal thing and hooking it up through a laptop and doing like a live internet broadcast like tomorrow when the Legion team plays Oconomowoc down at Riverside. Sure, yeah. And at least there would be something to do and occupy. Like I'd go over and do some, you know, some Legion games or I'd go do a Milton Crescent's hardball game. I went and watched them on Friday night. Like I I do that. I just don't have the capacity to. You should get into auctioning because now we're getting into fair week and you could go over and start saying, you could start auctioning off pigs. No, No, definitely not. Not dipping my toe into that world. The George brothers would be very upset. (laughs) Badger Bob. Badger Bob. There you go. So the stuff is uh, at least what do we got? Four sheets? No, you got three. three. Just three. You got stuff piled up here with NFL and NBA and baseball, and then the the college thing that I think that happened just when I got home. Yeah. Maybe uh, pretty much. Yeah, but I mean that was the first thing I read. Me, I think when I woke up and I just went, "Wait, what?" So we'll get to that. But like you said, eight weeks and we'll be rolling in NFL stuff. It's it's weird. I I was populating online the the WCLO sports calendar. And for August, and through August, I have to also populate the other stations for high school football, which were three weeks away from, you know, the first practices. So you're about, what, five, four or five weeks from a game? Five. Five yeah. weeks. And there's another big happening that's coming up next week, which I'm not going to talk about, so I had to stop scheduling at the end of August. But it's like, good grief. Like, it's already here, mm-hmm. but it was very odd on the WCLO sports calendar, typing Chicago Bears. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Very did, weird. Did, did you cry? Did you die a no, little bit inside? I, no, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. I really don't. But it's funny because normally in the preseason and even the regular season games, you have to block out eight hours. Eight hours of programming. Mm-hmm. Two-hour pregame, the game, and then two and a half hours of postgame call-in crap. Yep. You know what the Bears broadcast was for preseason? Four and a half hours. That's it. Yep. Fifteen minute pregame, game broadcast, post game, we're out. Get in, call the game, talk about it, go do something else. Like and honestly, like what the hell else do you need? 
These people that listen to two-hour pregames and two-hour postgames, like, dude, stop drinking. Get a life. What are you doing? That's why like, I... my, Somebody said the other night, oh, the other night after the Brewer game, Sophia interviewed Victor Caratini after he hit the walk-off mm-hmm. against the Cubs. And she conducted the interview in Spanish, which, listen, if you'd have given me a million dollars to ask what nationality Victor Caratini was, I would have 1,000% said Italian. Italian. Not Hispanic. Not Hispanic. No. Italian. Yes. But anyway. she, you're, you're, I saw the same yeah, thing, so, and she's talking about went, yeah, like, minute, what? Caratini, that fucking Italian. But anyway. Yes. So she conducts the interview, and she's getting all these raves on it, and somebody asked me, did I see it? And I'm like, dude, I haven't watched a... As soon as the last outs made, I don't even watch him shake hands. Done. What, if I just watched the game, why do I need to hear more about it? I just watched it. You and I, and I have learned from my predecessor in this respect, and I apply that to our high school broadcasts. There's a certain amount of pregame stuff that we need to get in with a coach interview and kind of going through starting lineups and doing all that stuff. So I understand there's a little bit of a lead-up that you want to hear our thoughts and hear from the coach, whatever. But postgame, I'm like you. It's like the game's over, we'll recap the stats, we'll give maybe one or two final thoughts, and we're out of there. That's all. If we have commercials to burn, that's probably my fault or the way that the game went, but it's like... I don't do it out of necessity. Yeah, my goal is to be out. Unless it's a huge game or some crazy shit happens. Or the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but other, yeah, otherwise it's like it's How many done. people are still listening? Right. You know, because I watch that final. They all come together in the pitching and they do the handshakes and whatever. But as soon as they roll like the bottom, you know, trademark of all rights reserved and whatever, and then they, they fade out, I'm done. I mean, I love Sophia, but. Yeah, you do. Not that much. All right, so let's get back to some NFL stuff, uh, first of all. Um, but what, I mean, I don't know how to approach this with the Cleveland Browns other than uh, I've been rooting for them because they've been stuck in the cellar uh, and they've not really run their franchise very well and then they start to get a little bit of a spark, and then they keep going and they keep ascending, and then they find a way to get in their own way. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm conflicted on how to feel with this Watson-Mayfield, now to Carolina sort of path that has happened. Um, I don't know. What, what, is your, what is your first well, thought on this? Because there's no guarantee that Watson's going to play this year. Yeah, right. Well, let's let's start with the Baker part. Um, him going to Carolina, I think, is a is a, a pretty good landing spot for him. So he's going to compete with Darnold compete. for the job. Yep. Whether or not he truly has a chance to win that job, we, I don't know. But Sam Darnold has never in his career established himself as a is a winning quarterback. So Darnold might win the job, but who's to say in week four he doesn't lose the job? Right. So yep. opportunities there where it gives Carolina, who I think has a decent young roster, and they got a young head coach, it gives them two guys to look at and think to themselves, for the next four to five years, could this guy be our guy? You got two choices. And then they got the kid they drafted this year. So the they really got round, three right. choices. Correct. Where they can say, we like Darnold, we like Baker. We don't like either of them. We're going to go with the new guy. So that gives them some flexibility. Um, and they from, didn't give up. They didn't give up hardly anything. A fifth round that could turn into a fourth a conditional, round. Conditional, right. 
Um, I think it was pretty obvious that Mayfield wasn't going back to Cleveland because that marriage was broken. I read something the other day, you know, and this always happens at the end of at the end of a, a marriage between a player and a team. All all the shit comes out in the For wash. Sure. And you know, there was a story I read that the the week Cleveland played the Packers, Baker got sent home at some point with COVID around that time, and apparently he was caught by people on in the Browns organization. He was playing like ten hours a day online online video games, you know, talking shit to people who were like, "Oh my God, I'm playing this game with Baker Mayfield." And then he didn't wasn't studying the playbook, and then they went out and the Packers did what they did. So he was just dicking around. Yeah. So it was basically like there's a lot of this immaturity stuff with him. He runs his mouth. He grabs his crotch. You know, all none of the things that you want your quarterback to do, he does it. And then you're also not putting in the work. That that's kind of and, and and Cleveland's got a good team outside of the quarterback position. That's so. Let's go to Cleveland. I mean. It's it's the rock and hard place that you find yourself as an NFL franchise, where the quarterback position is so much more important than everything else. You draft Mayfield number one overall. Yeah, you got him. He got into the playoffs, but you have to either decide: Am I going to pay this guy forty million a year, or do I got to move on? And if I move on, what do I move on to? My team's too good for me to. Suck at this to, position. For me to rebuild yep. at this yep. position and have to get somebody in the draft. Mm-hmm. Who's the best guy available out there that I can go get? Apparently, they thought it was Watson. And I think it's going to really screw them in the long run. Whether or not he plays, I think they've lost so much goodwill. For sure. With, obviously, their own fans, but people like you. That you, you I don't give a shit about the Browns. I don't care if they win or lose. I don't either. But you have a little bit of a soft spot because, like you said, they've sucked for 20 years. Joe and they Thomas get, they just got screwed. languished on that Baltimore team. leaves in the middle of the night. They screw Cleveland, all that and stuff. And they have I, a passionate fan base, and that's you know yeah. that's great. So it's like once you start to see some signs of life and then they just do something like this, it's like, what are you doing? It kind of – there's a little bit of a desperation yes. to oh, it. Oh, big time. You know, where, time. where they're looking around and they're like – you know, we've got probably the best two-headed running back combo in the league in Chubb and Hunt. We got a good old line. We got a really good defense. Miles Garrett's a stud. Um, I, do they still have Clowney? Maybe I can't remember, but they got a good defense. Um, the time is now. You know, the Chiefs have taken a step back. You don't know if if uh, Buffalo's ready. Is Cincinnati going to be as good? The Chargers or the Chargers? Are those teams in the West just going to beat up on each other? It's just tough to put all your chips in that particular bag. Mm-hmm. That's I'm I, I'm I. But that's where the desperation comes. Because what's your option? Could you have tried for Russell Wilson? I mean, I, I that's really your other is, option, is he right? Going to go to Cleveland. I mean, I don't know that he's going to do much in right. Denver, but it seems to be seems to me that everything I, that I think Cleveland's, most people would. And look, I hate when I hate when the media does this, but I think most people would rather live in Denver than sure. Cleveland. Yes. Yep. You're right. Because I, ha- I hate I right. hate when they do that shit about Milwaukee and Wisconsin, right. but it, sometimes facts are facts. No, I, I I don't know how this is going to work. I haven't read up on a whole lot and where this is as of right now. I think his his isn't Watson's status still being determined on whether he's going to yeah. be allowed to play. He could miss no games. He could miss the whole year. He could miss more than that. It, yeah. it could just be indefinite. Yeah. 
And whenever they want to reinstate him, they will. And all that money's guaranteed. They got to pay him regardless. Good for him. Nah. No, I mean, from his perspective, it's well, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't like the whole situation and surrounding the whole... I'm, I'm not saying good for... You know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. But. He's in a good position. Unfortunately, he is, but right. that's how it just works. Um, We had talked about this before we went on the air. I, I just made a note of it uh, last week because it was in the news. Just some dude, a kick returner, punt returner, um, got arrested. But what struck me is the story... A guy, I think his name is David Moore. That's it, because he's got the same name as the police chief. That's how I remember mm, okay. Uh He just signed a one-year, $1 million deal. He's been in the league five years. He played with three teams, Packers most recently. He's the fifth guy to get arrested since. And what was it? Was it a DUI or hit uh, and run? Or? Arms. Our, um, weapons. Oh, okay. Weapons, too, uh, in there down in Texas. Yeah, go figure. Um, but he's he's the fifth guy to get arrested since Ryan Poles took over. Yeah, don't like that as GM. And I just thought that that was a little odd. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, and you know, I mean, he's not are, a critical are, part of the team. Are, are the Bears taking a little bit of a flyer on maybe some questionable characters because they know their roster sucks? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, but I it's not a great way to get off on the right foot with your fan base as a GM. No, definitely you know? not. Um, and then the Hall of Fame nominees for next year came out and uh, the semifinalists, and they're going to – I can't remember what they're going to put in, how many they're going to put in, but I know that um, the senior players and then the coaches slash consultants or whatever it was, um, Holmgren and Shanahan are on that list. They they, they headline, both got to get it. They headline the coaches. They I would think so. Um, you win two then, Super Bowls. Yeah. Well, did Holmgren – no, Holmgren only won one, but he went to two, right? Yeah. Because they went with Seattle. And that, and, and that yes. was it. So, but I still think. Well, no, and he actually went to three because he lost. GM. He went to two with the Packers and one with Seattle. Yes, because two so, years in a row. Yeah, yeah I think the and Shanahan's obviously. And then Sterling Sharp finally is going to get. Is this going to be the? I mean, I I hope so. I've said for years, Sterling. You're, Sharp you're a fan. Be in. Yes, yeah, I love. He was one of my favorite football players ever. If he doesn't get hurt, um, and you get to see another. I don't know, five years with in the Favre. 90s with Favre. I think that he's not – he would have never been Jerry Rice, but I think he would have been right behind him in, in all the all-time stats because Sterling Sharp was catching 100-plus balls when nobody was catching 100-plus balls. So I hope he gets in. Yeah, I, I don't I, – I, I think it'll be tough. I think by the end of the mo- by the I end mean, of July. I, I don't I think know. We'll I, know. I just look at it like – I know there are different positions. I know – Obviously, it's different parts of the game, but, yep. like, Sterling Sharp was a better football player than Leroy Butler. I, he just was. In the big scheme of, of, if you're telling the story of the NFL, you're getting the, the Sterling Sharps on the page much farther ahead than Leroy Butler. I think Leroy Butler just gets most of the credit. Well, he played longer. He was on a better team. He won a Super Bowl, all that stuff. And he invented the Lambeau Leap. He did, yeah. Well, yeah, but... I know you're saying that as a Bears fan, but that's a big thing in Packers lore. Well, I know, but that's I'm talking about the big Hall of Fame. I know that, yeah. but but when people are are thinking about that, that's one of the things that sticks out to them. That doesn't mean anything for the Hall of Fame qualifications. And even though I don't really believe Leroy Butler should be in the Hall of Fame, okay, fine, okay, you want to put him in, but if you put him in, Sterling Sharp's got to get in. Okay, he's a better player. All right. That's fine. That's fair. Um, do we miss? I I don't know anything that's been happening in the NFL oh. other other than that. That's been kind no, of the, it's been kind of dead. I mean, Rogers had a bet with Barkley, 
in that golf tournament where if Barkley beat him, he had to shave his man bun. And if Rogers beat Barkley, Barkley was to donate to Rogers' charity, which obviously Barkley had to donate. Uh, yeah. Because I think Rogers got what, ninth. ninth and ninth. Romo won it yeah. for like the third time. Yep. So. Yeah, and, and, and we found a couple of golfers that are worse than Charles Barkley because I went down the leaderboard today. He finished like 12th to last. Robert Griffin III is absolutely abysmal. A lot of abysmal. these guys. Abysmal. A lot of these guys probably didn't grow up playing a lot of golf. Probably not, but then what are you doing there? Just hang out. Just be part of it. Like, I can't imagine that he didn't hit at least two or three fans per round. Get out of the way. <laughs> the hell you think this is? I want to go to that, by the way. Where, where is that at? It's in Tahoe. Okay. It's in Tahoe, and the party scene just looks unbelievable. Paige Spiranak was golfing no. uh, in that. Eesh. So, I mean, the scenery probably was very excellent. Uh, as far as that was concerned. So, okay, so Barkley has to donate. And then did you see pictures of Roger's tattoo? Yeah, what the hell is that? He, like, has, he hasn't explained it yet, but Of course he will. not. I mean, could anything be more Aaron Rodgers than no. that tattoo? No. I saw it, and I just kind of, and I didn't even read the caption. It's just kind of like one of those, okay, yeah. all right. And it, it's one of those things where I saw it, and initially I'm like, that's probably not even real. <laughs> And he's probably just fucking trolling everybody because he's that kind of guy. Uh-huh. But then at the same time, it's like, no, actually, that's a thousand percent real because he's that kind of guy. You're probably right. You're probably right. Yes, I didn't, and I didn't watch any of the of the tournament to see if they showed his no. forum, if it was on there or whatever. But I'm sure, I'm sure he'll get peppered with questions in training camp in a couple of weeks. And, and, and he's, I'm sure he'll and he dodge loves it. it. He loves it. He fucking loves the attention. That's just what he's. That's what he's about. He loves it. All right. Uh, now comes the heavy lifting part for you, but I'm going to have some questions. Yeah. Because we have a ton of NBA stuff. Lots. Um, watch the draft. I asked you about this dude uh, right from the get go, and you you didn't offer much because you didn't really hear uh, her. You didn't really hear out of the G League uh, much stuff. But Marjan Bochamp uh, is is the Bucks guy. But from what I've read out of a lot of people that know him and have watched him, they are impressed with his freakish athleticism. Just needs to become a little bit better shooter. Yeah, well, he's he's very raw. Um, you know, I think they said he went to, like, he. I think he's 21. He bounced around at a couple of colleges. I think, the, I think it's just one of these situations where you can't really judge him on that because his life situation was so bad. Like, he was homeless for a while, and I don't even know if his parents were in the picture and, like, foster care. And so I think this dude had a rough go of it early on. But bounced around at some small colleges, ended up on the G League Ignite, which is basically um, guys that aren't draft eligible but also don't want to play in college. There's, like, two G League teams that you can yeah. get onto, and he was on one of those, and he had a good, pretty good year. Um, I read that he want, always wanted to guard the best score on the mm, other team. Yeah, and give, I, I and give I their think, best dude. I think that's going to be his niche early on because he's six six. He's very long and lanky, uh, very athletic. And you know when you watched that series against Boston last year, you know everybody talks about Middleton and and yeah, you lost twenty points a game and that was huge. But where they really really missed him was on the defensive end because. You know, when Boston went small and you've got Tatum, Brown, Smart, Grant Williams on the floor at the same time, the tallest guy is 6'8". 
That's the same size as Middleton. So it gives you some flexibility defensively there. And I, I watched a little bit of, of the first summer league game. He played well. Uh, Mamu, Sandro, Mamu, Mamu Mishvili, however you say it, he played well. Um, but I, I don't really take much from summer league. I really don't. Good As long as you're not awful. What is it, a half a dozen games? Something like that. Like you play like six or eight, then they have a tournament. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's... It's one of these. It's it's in the you know it's in the Giannis Thon Maker kind of pick. Mm-hmm. Where like I don't think he's ever going to be anything close to Giannis because now you're talking like top twenty player of all time. You just hope he's not Thon. Is Thon in the league anymore? No, he's no, not. No. So hopefully he can become a rotation guy for them. If not late this year, then then hopefully next year because okay. the Bucks. One of the problems they have on their roster is their lack of young guys that contribute. They just have not drafted real well. They've been picking in either the 20s or, in some cases, they haven't even had first-round picks like last year because they gave so many away for Holiday. So, yeah, the draft has kind of been a desert for them post-Giannis. Um, I think since Giannis, the only draft pick that's currently still on their team at is oh, I saw Jordan, this. Jordan Wara. Yeah, that sounds right. With, with DiVincenzo yeah. gone now. So it's, but they haven't had a lot. No. As well. Right. And the so. ones that they've picked, Thon, right. Rashad Vaughn, DJ Wilson. These guys are bad picks. Mm-hmm. So okay. we'll see what happens with that. Well, like you said, after the draft, then the, then free agency kicks up, and they did a lot. I didn't hear about the Wes Matthews uh, signing at all, but he got a one-year deal. The Would you, would you say that? In, I mean, list them in order, one, two. Portis is the big one, and then Connaughton opting back in is probably the second one. Yeah. Followed by all the others. Yeah. Uh, so Portis gets four years, $48 million, which is perfect. I thought that that was – I didn't think $50 million for me was the, the breaking point okay. with him. I, you know, 12 13 a year. It's real similar to the contract they gave Brooke Lopez three years ago. Real similar in terms of years and money. It's almost the same. So in that respect, I really like that. Bobby's 27. We're going to get, for at least the next three years, you're going to get, you're still in his prime. Um, and at, at 12 million, 13 million bucks, that's good value. Connaughton opting in for 5.7. Um, he could have become a free agent and signed for more money, but in doing so, he would have been on another team. The Bucks just wouldn't have been able, and probably, they they probably could have afforded to do it by going into the luxury tax, but I'm just not sure you want to pay what ends up being like $20 million for Connaughton. I like the guy, nice player, but that's a little much. So him coming back at that number is, is good for the team. And, you know, Connaughton's one of these guys that I think he he's one of the rare guys that, that gets it. Gets it, sure. It's like, listen, I play with Giannis. I play in a great market. He's reading the room. Yeah, I play in a great market. Sure. I have owners that spend. I'm in a brand-new facility, um, and he's become pretty invested in the community. I know he's got a lot of real estate stuff that he's been getting involved in. So I think he is planning some roots and wants wants to be a buck long-term. Long-term. And in doing so, he gave up some money. I think he probably could have gone out on the open market and got nine or ten, like a oh. three, like a three-year, thirty million wow. dollar deal. Okay. I think he could, when based on some of the other deals I saw guys get. So now, does this give him 
leverage or more... Well, he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. But a better opportunity to re-sign with Milwaukee, or is... is... Depends. Okay. It, it depends. Um, you think there was something in this, like, hey, if you take this lower number, we'll take care of you after I'm, this? I'm or... sure if everything goes according to plan, which okay. is them winning the title, I don't know why you wouldn't bring him back. Okay. Similar to like what they did with Bobby this year, where mm-hmm. they're like, hey, come back, we'll take care of you down the road, which they did this year. Okay. Um, That's right, because he opted out and then re-signed it. Yep. Right. Yep. Brought back Javon Carter on a two-year, $4.5 million deal. I like that. He was a nice addition late in the year for them. Um, they they desperately need some, some guard depth. Um, it, you just, you know, you don't want to be playing Holiday. Drew's like 31 now. You don't really want to be playing him 36 minutes a game in the regular season. George Hill's a fossil. I don't know how much he's got <laughs> left. So it's nice to have... Uh, Carter to back up. Brought back Matthews and Ibaka, like you said, basically one-year veteran minimums. I think this is the last hurrah for both these guys. Okay. Um, I think that it would be really cool if the Bucks could win a title with Matthews on the Bucks. You know, he was on the Bucks. They get beat in the bubble. He leaves, goes to the Lakers. They win the title. He comes back. They get beat by Boston. I don't know. <laughs> I was a little surprised on the Ibaka one, honestly. Because he looked really bad at the end of the year. He did. Okay. And but wasn't may, he maybe just, he was a little banged up and we don't know. Is he there out of just necessity, though, pretty much? They, they need some depth up yeah. front. And and that's why they're not. Because they were they were linked to a couple other guys, JaVale McGee and Nerlens Noel, but they end up bringing back Ibaka. Um, you know, that's one of those roster spots that, you know, if he's gone in 30 games, wouldn't shock you. Um, and then the 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 one true free agent move they made they signed Joe Ingles one year six and a half million from the Utah Jazz Australian guy really good player unfortunately tore his ACL last year oh so he's going to be coming off of that um, I think he's like thirty four so he's not a spring chicken but kind of um I don't know how, I th- I kind of look at him like a more athletic coo coach. Type of player, lefty, can shoot, can pass, can dribble. Um, not great defensively, but doesn't get killed. I think he's a really good fit with the Bucks. So mm-hmm. hopefully he comes back. You That's know, ninety percent of what he was signing him for a one-year deal just to have him come back mid-season. That seems it's not a terrible idea. I mean, okay. because at the end of the day, as we saw this this uh, spring in the playoffs. Playoff health is all that matters, and we saw a lot of teams here this year, well, the last two years, really, injuries are a big factor in deciding who won the title. You know, I mean, the Bucks were beneficiaries of it two years ago against Brooklyn when Harden and Kyrie get hurt, and then it screws them this year when Middleton gets hurt. Um, so you never know. All right, uh, we have a lot of other deals, so you can just run down these quick hit style if you want yeah. because there's a ton. Well, l- let me just go back to the draft real, okay. real quick. So, Paulo Bancaro goes one to Orlando, Chet Holmgren two to Oklahoma City, Jabari Smith Jr. three to Houston. That's the way I would have drafted it. I'm a little surprised it played out that way. I thought Chet Holmgren would go one, um, but, you know, this is, I think, the the correct way. Shocking that Keegan Murray of Iowa goes for. Um, that was a spot I I thought for sure Jaden Ivey was going to go. 
Um, and to see Murray leapfrog him was very surprising. Then Detroit gets Ivy at five. So you've got last year's number one pick, Cade Cunningham, to pair with Jaden Ivy as the backcourt of the future for Detroit. That's pretty nice. I think uh, I think both those guys are going to be good players. Um, we were texting a little bit. I think uh, Johnny Davis ends up yes. going 10 Wizards. to the Wizards, yep. which mm-hmm. was, I thought, in that 9-11 range, one of those three teams, you know, I don't know. It'll be an interesting fit for him on the Wizards because if if he's really a two guard, and they just gave two hundred fifty million dollars to Bradley Beal. I've read today that in the first couple G League games he has, or in the summer league games, he has not played well, and fans are already killing. Him. I haven't I haven't seen him. I was uh, I missed their last game, but. Um... Let's see, anybody else of note really here stick out? Oh, uh, and Patrick Baldwin, yes. Jr. from UW-Milwaukee. He ends up going, going 28 State. to Golden State. Yep. So the nice the Golden there. State-Milwaukee connection continues, continues That's on. Right. Yep. So the draft ends, and like five minutes later, free agency starts. And I'll tell you what, dude. Like, <laughs> it's fun, but... I think it really. I think all this moving around really hurts the NBA. Yeah, I, I just do. Just, I, I think it's hard. It's not that hard for it's. It's not that hard for me because I'm I'm immersed in the NBA all the time. But for like the average fan like yourself who watches, you know, parts of thirty five buck games and then you tune in into the playoffs. How do you even know who's on what team? I don't. I don't. Like there, there, there were times this year when I'm like, oh, that guy's playing for them. I thought he was playing for these guys. It's like I don't need, and I don't even know how long he had been on that team. When, wherever I'm talking, when about. PJ Tucker trots out for Philly next year, you're gonna be like, wait a minute, would not have known. I thought he was on Miami. Yeah, would not have known that. And then just before that, he was on the Bucks. Now he's on two different. And before that, on, he was on Houston. He's been on four right. teams in two years. Yes. How do you keep track of that? It's, it's ridiculous. So, free agency basically starts. With Kyrie Irving opting in with the Nets, but basically he only does so so he doesn't lose $35 million because he wants to force them to trade him to the Lakers. Okay. Because <laughs> now he's decided, you know, playing with LeBron actually wasn't that bad. What does LeBron think of this? Better than playing with Westbrook. Okay. So the Westbrook Kyrie trade rumors have been going on forever. Obviously being pushed by Kyrie's people and the Lakers because Brooklyn don't want Russell Westbrook. No. For what? And I'm sure LeBron, He ain't selling no seats. LeBron wants an upgrade. Yeah, but Westbrook ain't selling no tickets. He's making $47 million, and he's no good anymore. Why? I'm going to give up Kyrie Irving for that? Well, then you have to throw in some extra stuff. Well, the Lakers don't want to do that, so that's why that hasn't happened. Then Kevin Durant. Decides, well, you know, I was unhappy in Oklahoma City when I was playing with a couple All-Stars. That wasn't good enough. So I had to go join the the, the, the super-powered Warriors and won a couple titles there. And I decided, well, you know, winning a title, that wasn't all that was cracked up to be. So I want my own team. I'm going to go play with my boy Kyrie. And now we're three years into that, and it's like, yeah, you know, I know that I made you give up all that stuff for uh, Harden in that trade last year. And I know it, I made you... Uh, then give up a bunch more stuff to get Ben Simmons in here last year, and uh, I'm going to bounce. I'm good. That's... I'm out. I, I, I want to go play in Phoenix with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, so make that happen. 
Oh, really? Really? What do Brooklyn Nets fans think? Like, well, first last... of all, they don't have any fans. They have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving fans. The Brooklyn <laughs> Nets have no fans. No fan base. No, no. Okay. The, no, there's one team in New York. Fans of players. There's one not team in the New York. It's called the Knicks. Knicks. Yeah. Okay. Brooklyn has no. Fans. I, they're, they're, I, the Brooklyn is the uh, Chargers of oh, the NBA. Okay. They have no fans of their own. They just have fans of players. Clippers are kind of the same way. They got a few Billy Crystal and whatnot, but not not as okay. not as bad as the Nets. So all this shit. Stephen A. Smith, for all that you want to moan and groan about it, he has been saying this for two years. When the collective bargaining agreement comes up, these players are going to get hammered. Hammered by the owners. Kevin Durant just signed a four-year extension. Like like six months ago. He's demanding out. Ben Simmons signed a five-year extension the summer before last and immediately demanded out from Philadelphia. So... Bradley Beal just signed a five-year, $250 million extension with the Wizards who suck and basically like, yeah, I'll just take the money now and I'll worry about where I play later because that's the mentality these guys have now. Give me the money and then I'm just going to throw a hissy fit at some point in the duration of the contract to get out and you're going to send me wherever I want to go. Well, listen, these owners, you know, Mark Cuban is – a pretty good businessman. Steve Ballmer, pretty good businessman. Guys that own the Bucks, the, the freaking Lakeup that owns the Warriors. These guys are pretty, they, they got their money uh, for a reason because they're smart people. Next time this shit gets negotiated, I'm telling you, you're going to see something like less guaranteed money, shorter deals, and the, the, um, the extensions are going to go down, and there and there's going to have to be some kind of an out clause for for the team. Just going to say there's got to be gonna, some sort of restriction. It's, it's got to look a little bit more like football, because what's to stop these guys from just whenever I'm a free agent, no matter where I am, just take the max, because I know because of precedent now, I can just stomp my feet, and they're going to have to trade me. It's bullshit. And that's one of the things, too. I, I really think that this kind of stuff hurts the NBA. I I don't know that how the blue-collar working guy or gal watches these guys that are making $50 million. They're just miserable bastards. <laughs> like, Kevin Durant, what the fuck is your problem? I don't get it. Like, what do you want, dude? You live in Oklahoma City, central of the country. You've lived in the Bay Area. Tech capital of the world. You lived in New York. What? Where, what's left? You you got you got to go to South Beach. Like what? What's left? I don't get it. I just don't get it. So that happens. <laughs> Houston decides to buy out John Wall's contract at like forty eight million dollars a year that he's making. They buy him out. He immediately turns around and signs with the Clippers. Now John Wall. Really good player in his day, number one overall pick. What's he won? Hasn't been good in five years. I was just going to say, what's... Missed two full seasons really? with injury. Uh, okay, it looks great on paper. I don't know that that does any... So you've got Gimpy Wall, you've got Rod in his leg, Paul George, and then you've got Kawhi coming off an ACL. I mean, looks good on paper. We'll see. The Knicks sign Jalen Brunson for four years, $100 million, and you'd have thought that they just fucking signed Jordan the way they were talking about it. It's like, dude, I know it's the Knicks, but... Calm you, down. You, you stop treating them like the Cowboys of the NBA. 
Um, Harden opts yep. out and actually takes less money to come back to Philadelphia, which is interesting. Not sure what that's going to mean down the road. And by taking less money, you went from like 48 to 39. I'm just going to say, what's less you know. money? Um, Warriors sign our boy Dante DiVincenzo, two-year, $9 million. Um, So, again, the Milwaukee connection, strong in Golden State. But I, I like that move for him. That's He's going to get a lot of open jump shots and a lot of open driving lanes. And I hope for his sake he can stay healthy because he's been good when he's been healthy. He just has had a lot of injury problems. Um Atlanta trades Gallinari and a bunch of picks to the Spurs for Deontay Murray, twenty um, four year old All Star. That now you pair him with Trey Young in the backcourt. That's interesting. Mm. I don't know if it'll work, but it's interesting. I just I can't trade for Trey, or I can't cheer for Trey. No, Trey Young. I I, I just no. Can't. That hairline alone makes me hate him. <laughs> um, as I said, the Wizards give Beal five years, two fifty. The Sixers give PJ Tucker three years, thirty three million. I think that's a little much. I like PJ, but I look think, at all this money. I think the he's next about washed. Five guys. Yeah. So Minnesota extends Towns four years, two twenty five. Denver extends Jokic, which uh, no brainer. Right. Five year, two forty six. Memphis extends Ja, no brainer, four year, two twenty six. Suns extend Booker, four year, two twenty four. The Bulls re-sign Levine five years, two fifteen. That's like one point two five billion dollars for five dudes. Yep. And of the five, I mean, Jokic is is the MVP, but what have the Nuggets won? Yeah, that's a lot of money. Who's but that's what these guys make now. They all make between forty five and fifty a year. The stars do. That's outrageous. That's unbelievable. Just seeing that in the list that you've typed out, right? Um, the Pacers trade Malcolm Brogdon to Boston for a first-round pick and a couple of guys, a couple of bench guys. Um, are Celtics that, fans happy about yeah, this? Celtics I, fans are pumped. That's what, I, that's what the general feeling that I got. And as somebody who watched Malcolm Brogdon for three years, I get why you're pumped. But he's always hurt. Was he always hurt in Indiana? Always hurt. Okay. He missed a lot of games in Indiana. Okay. He missed a decent amount of games with the Bucks, and the reason why he fell to the second round in the first place in the draft was because of injury problems in college. So, you know, you think about a lineup, you throw Tatum, Brown, Smart, Brogdon, and like Horford out there. It's a good five. All when they're all Healthy. at a hundred percent. You know, whether that's the case in, in April and May next year, who knows. But it's a nice trade for Boston. Um, and there, and Boston also was bringing in Gallinari because he got traded to the Spurs, as I said. The Spurs mm-hmm. bought him out. He's signing with Boston, so another shooter for, for Boston. In what is maybe the most inexplicable thing I've seen in sports in a very, very long time. <laughs> Utah trades Rudy Gobert, who has literally been played off the floor in playoff series to the point where they can't play him. Even though he's been like the four-time defensive player of the year, Utah trades him to the Wolves for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, their first-round pick this year, Jared Vanderbilt, and four future-round picks. So they basically got five first-round picks So you're for Rudy Gobert. I don't know. Anybody outside of those guys except for Gobert and Beasley. But the way that you just framed that is that you're saying Utah just fleeced Minnesota. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, so Minnesota's got 
Anthony Edwards, who was the number one pick two years ago, and he's really good, and, and he's going to be really good. And then Cat. And they got Carl Anthony yep. Towns, who's he's an all-star, but he's not a superstar, and I don't think he ever will be. Okay. I think he's just a good player. Like, I don't know what this does for Minnesota. That's what I was going to ask. So they, now that's they, a lot of guys they gave up yeah. on a lot of future picks. Last year they were in the plan, and I think they, what did they end up? I think the seventh seed. Does this get them to the five seed? So now what? You're okay. basically Utah? Because that's basically what Utah has been with Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. It's like, yeah, they're good. They're going to win 50 regular season games. But, but you get in the playoffs and, and they're not good not, enough. Yeah. You, you know, you just don't have any superstars. I mean, you know, it's one of those ones where, like, as, as guys that grew up with, like, bad Brewer teams and bad Buck teams. Like, this is one of those moves where, like, you could talk yourself into it if you're a fan of the team. Like, we just got the four-time defensive player right. of the year. We got the Stifle Tower, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, who cares about, about the future? All that other We're going to be good anyway with these guys, so who cares about these picks? Right. But in reality, if Carl Towns tears his Achilles, you're screwed. You got Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert, which is the exact same team Utah just had with Mitchell and Gobert. So... Okay. Best of luck to you. You gave up a king's ransom for it. I, we'll see. Um, the Pelicans, because they had no choice, gave Fat Zion the max. <laughs> Five-year, $200 million basically. Um, I hope he plays because I got a lot of his rookie cards, and I'd like a return on my investment. investment sure. Um, but another, that's just another guy who, you know, he, he, he can't stay on the floor. I mean, the, the the organization was basically held hostage. What are you going to do? Right. You either trade him right now when his value has never been lower. He hadn't played. Right. Or you give him $200 million and hope that he isn't fat Zion in three years. Do you think, and I don't know how big the fan base is in New Orleans for Pelicans basketball, so do you could, could you risk them going crazy by letting him by shipping him somewhere for, you know, pennies on the dollar. No, I don't think so. In, no. In, in a return. I think your best case scenario cuz they were they made the playoffs last year. Pay him and just see if he you busts. Know, if well, pay him and see if he's good and maybe yeah. move him for okay. dollar on the dollar. Okay. You know, I mean, or maybe he's really good and you become a contender. And all of a sudden people want to play in New Orleans cuz I heard it's pretty fun down there. Pretty fun city. Oh, all right. Where else are Frank we? Frank the oh, Tank. Frank the Tank, one-year deal to Atlanta. This is uh, this is it. This is it. This, this is, is it. Real end of the line. End of the line for Frank. Wow. He's going to barely see the floor on this team. they got a ton of big guys. Um, That's too bad. I think this is the end of the road. He Could he, he go overseas? Oh, probably, if he wanted to. Okay. I'm sure he could. Sam's going to talk him into that, maybe? Like, maybe. hey, it's cool over here, dude. Maybe. You know, right. some guys don't want to do that once they've right. played in the NBA. Um, you know, I'm sure he's he's made probably between twenty and thirty million dollars. No, I'm seeing where some of these guys live right on the Mediterranean. It looks f- oh, Travis Diener when he was playing in Italy, he lived like on uh, he lived on an island. Oh, it just looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it, in some of those places, it's like it's not the NBA, but in, if you're like the man on those teams, like you live like a king. Yeah. Um. So we'll see what happens with Kaminsky. Right. The Badgers currently with. 
you know, all the way up to two guys in the NBA now. I hope they can last a full season Stop and not it. not just go back to the Stop. one singular guy. Please. I mean, these. Mar- I mean, Marquette just year and after year after year just. Oh, how come they don't win more tournament games? Uh, shut the fuck up, Bear. <laughs> Damian Lillard, who's already making like fifty million a year uh-huh. on a Portland team that's never going to win a title. They give him more. Money. They give him in a two-year, hundred and twenty-two million dollar extension. Where in when he's thirty-six years old, he will be making sixty-three million dollars that season. So, which now, is almost a million a game. Is this NFL money where you wonder where everything is, or is this really broken down on a two-year extension to sixty-one million dollars per year? No, like like I said, sixty-three the last year, the year before that's like fifty-nine. Okay, but but yeah, still yeah, no, it, he, he's getting it all. He's getting it all. Wow. And it's funny because I like I like Dame, and he's very much been in the Giannis-Steph Curry camp of, like, Portland's my team. I'm not going to join anybody else. If you want to play with me, come to Portland. This is my team. I'm the man here. This is my team. I respect the hell out of that. And he had made a couple comments recently in an interview, like one of the problems he has with the league right now is too many guys worried about the all the loyalty is to the back of the jersey, nothing to the front of the jersey. Sure. But then you take two years to $120 million <laughs> extension. Like you couldn't have done two years 90. Right. Like you had to do the 120 because now I'm sitting here going, well, you kind of just screwed your team over. Correct. In terms of having any flexibility to do anything. We see I, this in the NFL. I, I don't understand that. Yeah. See it in I mean, the I NFL. respect your sentiment, but your actions are telling me something wildly different mm-hmm. here. You know? So you're, you're going to complain when you're no good because they've invested all their capital with you and can't get anybody well, and, else. And again, are you going to go are, next summer? Is it going to be the Dame Lillard sweepstakes? Are, are you going to piss and moan that you want out of here? I don't know. All right. When is the CBA up? a good question it's either at the end of this coming year or in two years i can't remember now are, are okay so all these contracts are etched in stone no matter yep. what happens in the cba yep. so guys are cashing in now they will continue to cash in even if correct. it's up next year or the year after correct yes okay yep so you would think then up until that point guys are going to try to get what they can get as much as possible if they like Stephen a see the light at the end of the tunnel, like, hey, we're we're probably fixing to to be hurting a little well, bit. Well, and and you know, it's one of those things. The players and the agents never truly believe that the owners are going to lock them out until they get locked out. Okay. We've seen it in other sports. Yes. We've seen it in baseball most recently. And this happened in the late '90s in the NBA, where the owners just got to the point, and it was a similar thing where it was like in football, these rookies were coming in and demanding nine-year, $120 million contracts before they'd ever played a game. Glenn Robinson famously holds out with the Bucks for, like, at the time it was, like, six years, $50 million, and people were losing their mind. Too many owners got burned in the 90s with these guys that never panned out, but they owed them so much money, and that's why they locked out. Well, the same kind of thing's coming to roost again. I just think that if in the next two to three years the NBA goes through a, a lockout, not necessarily missing games or whatnot, but I, I would not be surprised at all. Okay. I think it's coming. All right. And then the last one in what is maybe the weirdest thing, nobody wants DeAndre Ayton for some reason, Suns center, number, yeah. number one pick three years ago. Um, the Suns declined to give him an extension last year. 
he had a good year. Um, they didn't even offer him a, a qualifying offer until just recently. Now it sounds like the Pacers might be interested in him, but this is like a 24-year-old athletic center who just last year was starting in the finals to all of a sudden now, like, nobody seems to want the guy. It's kind of weird. It's one of those ones where it's like, God damn, I wish the Bucks could get in on that sweepstakes, but there's just no there's no assets there's to give. There's nothing to go around. That's why when Durant, the Durant thing happened, allegedly the Bucks were on his list as one of the teams he would consider. What? But it was like, I mean, the Bucks would have to basically trade Middleton, Lopez, and Connaughton or something, and then you would have, you know, you'd have four guys. And that's the thing when it all goes back to with a lot of these trades and why the Durant one's going to be hard to make. It's like they're just going to be left. You're going to have to gut the other team in order because the Nets have already said, we want an all-star back. We're not just going to fucking trade him for nothing just because he wants to. We're running a business, man. So... A lot of money. Good yeah. job. Good Crazy. job on all that. Crazy that's, shit. That's, that's a lot that had happened. All right. Um, let's switch to baseball, and then we'll wrap up with uh, some NCAA stuff. Um, Brewers are still in first in the Central. They just had a piss-poor homestand where they lost to the Cubs and also the Pirates. I think they were 2-4 and four in six games. Um and you have noted that they're under 500 in their last 17. Since and, our last podcast, yes. Okay. Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Yeah. Okay, so that's not good. Um, Somehow still in first. St. Louis just can't get hot enough to overtake they, them. They went down to Atlanta and lost three out of yeah, four, which, Saint, which Saint, was fine. They just can't you know. put it together because this Brewer team is extremely whelming. Very average. They're just whelming. Very average. They're not underwhelming. They're not overwhelming. They're just whelming. Could they be more than whelming if they were healthy? Who's not? Uh, two out of your best four pitchers. Do they? How many times do they hit? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. No offense. I mean, the I, pitching's I, been. I, I mean, it. other than a you know, uh, George Costanza the other day yep. had a he had a bad one, mm-hmm. and Hauser's had a couple bad ones. So yeah, you know, maybe you give yourself a win or two here or there. But well, I read today that Lauer has given up eighteen homers already this year, and he gave up sixteen all of last year. That's a lot. Yep. That's, a, That's lot. a lot. Yeah, Gott has been good for the most part. He gave one up. The guy that they just got off the scrap heap, that uh, Chichi Gonzalez, I think his name is, he gave one up. But, I mean, other than that, I think the bullpen's been fairly okay. Well, it's the strength of their – well, the, yeah, I mean, the, the days that Burns and Woodruff pitch, you should win because right. you should give up less than three runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, box box but, has been good. Devin's been uh, – been, he's gotten back to form. And now Hater's making the all-star team. But it's it, been awesome. You know, old Anson his pants council. He couldn't wait to get fucking Burns out of the game. He like, just couldn't couldn't allow him to pitch that eighth inning the other day. Is he getting in his own way for this team to be a little bit more successful? Council? Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's doing anything different than he's ever done. Okay, but what I'm saying is could they be better if he kind of... No, because this lineup... This lineup they, or... No, the lineup's no good. Okay. It's just not that good. You know, I mean, when, it, you know, you throw Renfro in there when he's healthy, it's it, it helps. Taylor's but been good this look, year. They don't have a position player on the all-star team. You're in first place in your division. You have, like, the fourth best record in the National League. You have no position player on the all-star team? I wonder if that's ever happened. 
I don't know. It's anybody, just Burns and Hader. Don't know anybody who works at Elias. You know, I mean, I've said this before about the Brewers. This this particular team this year, find me a position where they have a top five guy. Where? I can't. And as we're doing this, I should have I should look something up. But okay. it's one of those things. Yeah, I mean. Who's the guy? Who's their Who's their best player? Who's the Rowdy Telez? Rowdy Telez, they picked up off the scrap heap a year ago. He's your best player, probably right now. Probably right you now. You know what I'm saying, though. Yes. I mean that that's, and I I, no, I, I hate I hate to quit, keep harping on no. it. That's why I just can't see these guys making any kind of a run in the playoffs. No, they just don't have a lineup. Narvaez made the All Star team last year, if memory serves, and he hasn't been what he was. He missed a little bit with COVID, but that, you know, whatever. Um, Telez has been okay. Um, who's at second? Um, uh, Wong. Uh, Wong has, he was hurt. Wong hasn't been nearly and, and, and the he player. He hasn't been anything. Urias has been garbage. The left side of your infield has been hurt between Urias and Adamas. Now, I do have to find myself. I will have to buy myself a treat somewhere not to be named because I said that Willie Adamas would not hit his weight by the time we came back. Oh, He's up to 217, and he's currently listed at 210. So my apologies, Willie. My apologies, my friend. Way to go. We didn't write that in the spiral way, way notebook of predictions. No, no but I, I, I'm I, I, hey. Okay. When, when, when you're wrong, you got to admit you're All wrong. Right. I I'm, was wrong. I'm glad you did that. You know? Okay. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, the – Shockingly, they played great against the AL East. Mm-hmm. They beat their ass. Yeah, which usually, you know, it's like okay, American League. They usually got a little bit better right. lineup. Blue Jays. That was yeah. But then you know the Cubs and the and they they, they should have got swept by the Cubs. The Cubs blew the first game, and then blew blew their ass open the next two, and then all of a sudden now they can't beat Pittsburgh. I, I don't I don't I don't get it. Gave up four runs to the Pirates. So, four home runs. I don't know. You got two up in mini this week. Yep. And then you go out west for four against the always tough Giants. And uh, this is one of those teams, though, where it's like, like you said, they seem to play better against better competition. And then they seem to suck when they play the shit teams. You know, sometimes, you know, they're only 21 and 19 at home. The Brewers. Yes, I did know the record yeah, was it's not very good. not spectacular. Uh-uh. And, and that's a little, I don't know, a little worrisome because they have more home games the second half. Yes, of the season, very home heavy. Um, <laughs> I think that'll probably turn around because they probably will get a little healthier, and you know how it goes. You get later in the season, and the Reds all of a sudden are playing double A guys against you and shit like that. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Burns and Hader make the All Star game. They every, a lot of people say Devin Williams got snubbed. Okay, maybe. Um, but you know what that tells me. You want to win a World Series? As much as I hate it, got to trade Hater. Mm-hmm. You got to trade Hater. Top. Of He's the, your only. He, you're not because you can't trade Burns. Biggest asset right now. You've that's never movable. You, the Brewers have never had a starting pitcher, probably since Teddy Higuera, that's as dominant as Burns. He's better than Sheets, I think. You know, Sheets in his heyday was really good, mm-hmm. but he was on such bad teams it was hard to tell. He's better than Gallardo. He's better than Granky was that year he was here. Obviously, the Sabathia three months was its own level. That was awesome. But probably since Teddy Aguera, this is this is the best Brewer starting pitcher they've had in thirty years. So he is not going anywhere. 
Devin Williams, you're not paying him anything. He's not going anywhere. Slide him into the closer. Closer role. Dude, listen, I I like Hayter. I would love to see Hayter be a Brewer for 15 years. But is he going to help but he's you your chip. win your World Series, he, or can you cash if, him in? If, you want, yeah. if there's a bat to go get, we'll trade that might be the guy. All-star closer. I don't know. I mean, it would be a tough pill to swallow. But but you could do it because then you could move Boxberger into that eighth inning yeah, spot. Yeah, you've got flexibility. And then put Williams in there. Yeah. you got flexibility, you know, and, I mean, you got a little – now, granted, it was a weekend. You got a little glimpse of it when Hader was on the bereave, or the the maternity thing mm-hmm. with his wife having the baby where he was gone for a while, and you got to see Devin Williams pitch a couple days in a row and, and guys have different spots. Um, like I said, I, I, I really like Hader. I think he's – I think he's modern day Billy Wagner, and I'd hate to see him go. But I mean, if you're going to try to get something World big, series, right. unless they're going to try, unless they're going to gut their minor league system again, and I, I, that just doesn't seem like the best thing for the Brewers to do. They're not the Cubs. They're not the Yankees. They don't have these big payrolls. You know, you don't want to be trading Sal Fralick and Garrett Mitchell and and Jackson Chorio and these guys that are down in Double A right now. I, I wouldn't. Um, but we'll see, man. Right. The offense has got to got to become more consistent, though, no doubt. Um, I haven't taken a look at the standings too much because I haven't, you know, I don't pay attention around to pretty much anybody but the NL Central. Um, what's what's happening in the NL East is is Atlanta? I mean, is Atlanta and the Mets still over there? Yeah, Atlanta's close to gap big time. They're, they're only a game and a half back now, um, and I still think the Mets are a good team. But Atlanta's really uh, starting to put it together. Phillies are six over as well. You know, they're in the wild card mix. Um, Cardinals two and a half back of the Brewers. That's pretty much it for the Central. Dodgers 56 and 29, best record in the NL. <laughs> Padres eight behind them. Um, I haven't heard much about San Diego this year. Kind of just, which, I, which probably they like. Sure. I think last year they were a little overhyped. Um, this year they can kind of just go out and play. I haven't seen Manny Machado's name mentioned at all. Um, in the American League, the Yankees are 14 games up on Boston, yeah. 61 and 25. Uh, Twins are eight up on, uh, or eight over 500, four and a half over yep. uh, Cleveland. Houston again, 56 and 29. They're 12 games up on the Mariners. So two of those divisions are basically done. Um, in the American League, and you know we've had these conversations before, and. You know, I've had a couple people say, "Why do you rag on baseball so much?" Well, I don't. I love baseball. I mean, I, I've probably spent more time at Brewer games than any other team I follow. I love the Brewers. I love baseball. But like, man, it's just it's just so far out of the consciousness, like of day to day sports for me. And I don't I don't know why. Like, I've probably watched and followed less Brewers this year than any year I can remember, other than the COVID year. I, I don't know why, you know. Um, I was listening to uh, Simmons' podcast the other day, and he, he brought this up. He's like, you imagine if Aaron Judge was doing what he's doing right now in 1999? He'd be the biggest star in American sports. Right-handed power hitter for the Yankees, best team in baseball, 30 homers before the break, Chasing Maris's record, you know, now he's, he is he the greatest Yankee of all time? Is he the best right-handed Yankee hitter of all time? Is he better than Joe DiMaggio? 
nothing nationally about any of that. Mike Trout, some people say he's the best right-handed hitter in baseball since Willie Mays. Don't hear about him. Otani is a fucking two-way all-star as a pitcher and a hitter. Crickets. Who talks about... Have you ever had a, a conversation at work with anybody about Shohei Otani? No. Ever? No. No. He might be the best player. He, him and Trout might be the two best overall players since Bonds and Griffey when we were kids. Nobody talks about him. Nobody's even hardly seen him play. It's 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 mind-boggling, really, when you think about it. Like, dude, the Yankees. So what's happened then? I don't know. And I'm trying to figure it out about myself. Like, why do I care less? Why do I watch and consume less baseball now? Because I don't, it's not like I filled it with football. Right. There's no football. I, I haven't filled, there's no basketball to watch right now. We just talked about it. There's nothing else on. But even at night when I'm sitting here, it's like, I don't really care to watch the Brewers. I certainly am not going to watch the whole game. <laughs> I might watch a couple innings here and there, flick back and forth. But, like, in 2010... I'm watching Bell to Bell. Do you think more people are like-minded in your position? So do you think that this, I'm not going to say it's an epidemic because we've heard that word too much, but are, are do you think that this is now kind of a shift in how that's happening because we as a collective are not talking about I don't these know, athletes man. that I, are at the top of their game? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, I or think, is it just is it just the screaming shows that are doing it and we're not paying attention to that? Well, they don't talk about baseball at all in any of those shows. No talk radio, no national talk radio, or no national um, debate show. They never talk about baseball. They're Cowherd's talking about college football in the middle of the freaking summer. He's not talking about the Dodger Giants. It's I think part of it's because the season's too long. It feels like if the Dodgers sweep the Giants. In, in this weekend, who cares? But okay, they still got seventy-eight games left to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no urgency, and maybe this is just me. The there's no there's no like there's no records to chase in baseball anymore. Like, I got this poster on my wall of Nolan Ryan. Nobody's ever going to throw for five thousand strikeouts. No. No, no one's ever going to win 300 games again. It's not going to happen. Like, CC Sabathia, he pitched like 19 years, and he was good for like 16 of them. He's only got like 210 wins, something like that. Like, nobody's going to do that again. Um, The home run record doesn't really matter anymore. Um, What was the other? Oh, you know, nobody's going to, nobody, nobody's getting 4,400 hits like Pete Rose had. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's impossible. You'd have to play for 25 years now with the way baseball's played. Nobody's going to break Ripken's. No, no, my God. It's, that might be the most unbreakable record in sports now is the Ripken game streak. Um, I, I said it at the time, and all my friends who were Cub fans called me a hater, but I still think it's true. I think one of the worst things that happened to, to Major League Baseball was the Cubs winning the World Series. I really do. Because there's nothing left. <laughs> Once Boston and the Cubs won, well, we've what, seen it all. What the hell's left? Those were the two teams, right? Yeah. And then Boston wins, and then you still for another twelve years, nothing with the Cubs mm-hmm. until they finally win it. But like now, it's like, what is the? Is it the fucking 
Brewer Watch, the Padres, all oh, the Padres. You know, they never. Nobody cares about the Padres. It was Boston and Chicago, and with those streaks broke, I, I don't know. Like, what are we? We're just kind of watching the games. Like, okay, it's just another baseball game. There's, I don't know. There's not. There's no history being made, and there's no danger of history being made. There's nothing to look forward to except we got to go through all these months to get to a really long postseason. Yeah, I'm not super excited to know who broke the record in OPS or WHIP right. or bat bip. Is that a thing? Batting balls in play. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I, I like know. who gives a shit? You know, I I, I don't know. It's and like I said, maybe maybe this is a me problem. Um, well, clearly not. If you're noticing and you listen to a national guy that says nobody's talking about these guys, but and if, he's not if, lying. If they were in the late '90s, they would be the biggest thing. Well, and and in fairness, the in guy the that he was talking to on his show, Kevin Wilds, who's on Fox Sports, he's like, "Well, what would you like the conversation to be?" I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying that Dan Patrick and Colin Cowherd need to talk baseball for an hour. I'm not saying that. But a lot of times, if you're not watching a team, you don't even really know what's going on. And the fact that you and I, who are both pretty big baseball fans, don't consume the other league at all. No. At all. I couldn't tell you what's happening on the West Coast I couldn't name two guys on the A's. I couldn't. I couldn't name two guys on the Oakland A's. I don't know that I could name two guys on the Twins. You could because you, yeah. you you read their stuff. But, like, I'm just saying, I don't know anybody on the fucking Orioles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, But, but yeah. like, 20 years ago, I could probably we rattle would've. off half the roster. Yes. And when we were kids, we well, could we rattle off the whole roster. Granted. But I don't know, man. I, in some respect, and I feel bad about it because I do. I love the Brewers. Huge. I, I mean, I saw the Bucks win a title. There's only one thing left. And that's to see the Brewers. Just even in the World Series would be amazing. But it's kind of like, I don't know, wake me up in September. You know? That's why and I, and people I, and, are... And I hate... It's the worst kind of sports fan to be. It's it's the I same just, thing I've battled against with basketball fans for years when they'd say, wake me up in the fourth quarter. I hate that. But... I, but are they wrong? Well, Yeah. It stinks. If you're a real fan, you're if you're a real fan, it's wrong. Yeah. But if If you only care about the outcome, then no, then you're not wrong. Right. So But like I say that I say that every year and I took it from Drew Olson when he was doing stuff with Bob and Brian, and I tell people that it's he covered baseball for many years and people would get really riled up at the beginning of the season when they'd go on a twelve game losing streak or they'd win ten in a row and then they'd be all fired up and he goes, Guys, we're a month and a half away from the all star break. Yeah. Chill out. Yeah. You Other can, than a catastrophic injury or a manager firing, there's really nothing to care about. When it closes in on the trade deadline, you take stock of where your team is on whether they're going to be buyers or sellers, and that will tell you whether you have a team that thinks they have a shot or not. Mm-hmm. And some people like but my... But it's like, like that's two-thirds yeah. of the season. Some people like my grandpa and a couple of my aants and, and my dad, like they're day-to-day... They're in it. They love baseball. They follow. That's just their sport. I don't have the energy. That's their sport, though. So I, you know, I get it. Much respect, but (laughs) I can't do it. Like that's that's me with basketball. That's you with football. Everybody's got their thing. It's true. I at least get to wait 
week by week in football. Yeah. That's, that's, I don't have to do it every day and live and die and go to bed pissed because the Brewers, wa- you know, got either blown but, out or lost on a walk-off home but is, or something. As, as horseshit as they look this weekend, and they go two and four, they go to Minnesota and San Francisco and come home four and two, you're fine. You I'm, completely forget. Oh, I'm happy. That they sucked I'm on 4th of July Absolutely. week. You don't even care. No. Short memory. That, you know, yep. that's just the way it goes. That's how that works. So all-star uh, game and a home run derby next week. Is it? I don't know. Yep. Well, I'm sure it, <laughs> I'm sure the derby is still on a Monday, and then the game's on Tuesday, and then they get uh, Wednesday and Thursday off, and then they'll be back for a I weekend I think to series. make the home run derby better, I think they should have to bat opposite-handed. Nobody's hitting any out like that. Unless, you don't think Aaron Judge can hit Oppo? Unless you're a bonafide freak like that or a dude that is just a natural switch hitter. Cause, or cause or just like that. or every ball should be super juiced and I want you I want seven hundred foot homers. Let's add I up. want I want it to be in Pittsburgh and dudes are just in the Allegheny just diving out of canoes and shit. Add up the total amount of feet. Yeah, and that's for who a wins. home run and then just Yeah, give, I don't care if you hit thirty of them if they're total. all if they're all wall scrapers. Give me the guy who hits seven seven hundred footers. I hit three miles worth of home runs. I win. Yeah. Stuff like that. I was at Dawson, and I hit it into Lions Beach. Perfect. You win. <laughs> All right, let's 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 wrap this up with a little uh, college football talk. Michael sent this to me. I think I was in Mexico uh, on travel day when I woke up uh, from barfing my guts out, and I saw this, and I was like, what? I, I, thought, he was, I thought he was fucking with me. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this is a real honest-to-God website link of two Pac-12 teams joining the Big Ten in USC and UCLA. And I didn't, I wasn't healthy enough to dive into it. I just kind of went, I, I don't even know what to think. But I've, I've, I've listened to a bunch of stuff. I've read a bunch of stuff. And basically the only thing that people need to... No, if they haven't figured it out yet, it's just due to these these two schools wanting to make more money. That's all it is. And it helps the Big Ten make more money. And that's why all the presidents and chancellors all said, yes, we would like them to come into the fold. And the ones that it really makes more money for are Disney, ABC, ESPN, Fox. and Fox Sports. Yes. Because it's Fox Sports and the Big Ten versus ESPN and the SEC, mm-hmm. and that's what that is the rivalry in college sports it's right now. Big Ten and SEC. Everybody mm-hmm. else has been left behind. Yep. Um, I'm curious to see how it goes. I don't know whether it will be good. I don't know whether it will be bad. I don't know whether it will be awkward. Um, it takes a little mystique out of the Rose Bowl as far as football is concerned because. I read something like USC's been in 33 Rose Bowls or something like that. UCLA has, I think, been in like a dozen or 14. It's just a giant column that I read today. But the fact that the Pac-12 TV deal was such horseshit and the teams, I can't remember what the distribution was, but I do remember seeing that now with this new Big Ten deal, they're going to make three times as much as they were in the Pac-12. And you can only realistically, if you're a school, get out of your conference if you have no TV deal. Soon as that expires, we'd like to go. And you don't have to like pay some huge penalty. You're not docked all the money you were going to have in that TV rights deal. 
This was the perfect way that it was set up. They did it kind of under the table in these big meetings, and it was done quietly. And you know, they yeah, quote, it happened over like a two week span, yeah, like very quickly. They 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 quoted a bunch of you know other Power Five athletic directors from you know the Big Twelve and and some of these others are like. I, I can't believe what just happened. Like, just the fact that it was like, hey, this is happening. And it's great for the Big Ten because now you've got you've got the second biggest market in television in two schools out there. It's good for Big Ten recruiting out there. They've gone into the Northeast. They've gone now to the Central Coast. I mean, it's it's great for the Big Ten. I don't know if it's good for the sport. Let me just put it that way. It's not good for the teams in the Big Ten. It's good for the conference. Yes. Well, that's all Kevin Warren's worried about. Well, he's also a fucking liar. Because remember last year when Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC mm-hmm. and the ACC and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten commissioner came out in solidarity and said, we're not going to poach each other's teams. Well, that lasted one year. So at least we know you're a lying sack of shit. They didn't poach. They came to him. You can always say no. You can. Until you, say no. until you're in the middle of a negotiating po- po- a billion-dollar yeah. TV And poaching right is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. So, but bottom line is, you lied. You're splitting hair. I'm not saying you. Yeah. You're splitting hairs by saying that, but I guess I would say that if these two teams came to me, at least I'm not going around like, hey, can I talk to your athletic director? Hey, can I talk to your team president? You're not making calls trying to well, solicit teams to jump. We're assuming that that's how it went. That's how right. it's being reported, sure. so that's what I'm taking sure. it as. Um, I don't know what it does to 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 to, uh, to the divisions. A lot of people don't know this, that this kind of went, it not went unreported, but it went underreported. The Division One Council basically said conferences now have the right to say, we're going to take who we want for the conference championship divisions be damned. Did you know that? No. So it doesn't matter that if Wisconsin has the best record in the West, if you've still got Michigan and Ohio State that have better records in the East, they don't have to take Wisconsin. They can pick those two guys. They'll play the Big Ten championship. Badgers are screwed. Hmm. You can do that now for any conference. So, in effect, divisions don't really matter. Right. Oh, the Badgers won the West. That's great. Did they play in the Big Ten Championship? No, mm-hmm. because there were two teams that were better than them in the East. So, it's like, I don't know whether adding these teams to the West and then they're going to have to kick somebody to the East. I don't know how that's – maybe they'll just do away with them. I have no idea. I don't know whether it's going to matter. They're talking about like a like, like a rotational deal of you're going to play the three same teams for X number of years and then the other five are going to rotate or something like that. I, I have no idea. We're still in the very early stages, but it's going to be 2024. But in reading all of this stuff and the, and, and, and the TV contracts, I was shocked because you take a school like Clemson, who's been kick-ass for the last however many years, and you would think that is a team – Who's not making too much out of their out of their TV deal that they might want to be a candidate to look at the SEC or maybe the Big Ten, but probably the SEC. And with Oklahoma and um, Texas. Uh, te- Texas going there, um, that's not out of the realm of possibility. The ACC TV rights deal doesn't expire until twenty thirty six. They're locked in for another thirteen years. They ain't leaving unless they want to forfeit all that TV right money. Right. And they're not going to do that. So that's good. I get that. It's a great deal for the conference. It's a shit deal for for the teams involved. 
But I was thinking about it, and I, I talked about it last week just briefly. I think it was on the 4th when I kind of had a chance to just break a little of this down. As a lover of college sports, it's kind of like you with the NBA and the casual fan of following who's playing for who. I don't know who's playing in what conference anymore. These rivalries are gone. Yeah. These bowl matchups <clears throat> that, you know, you you see two teams in a bowl game, and I know what you think about bowl bowl games in but general. The bowl but bowl games that matter. Right. Yeah. Because these teams don't play each other in the regular season because they're not in the same conference and they don't want to risk a loss. Right. Now, all of a sudden, it's the second time ever they've ever played or whatever it is. That's gone because these teams are going to play every other week now. So it's like, where are we heading with this? And I, I and I'm not sure it's a good place. No, I think it's I think it's it's the first steps of the death of of college sports. We're 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 seeing it. It started with th- this and the NIL stuff. Um, you know, everything that most people like about college sports is going away. Yes. The, the tradition, Correct. like you said, the rivalries, the history, all of the things that matter to the alumni and the people that in that state that have followed the program for years and years, it's all going away. And I think that um, Badger football fans should be horrified by this. I think that, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, I don't think they care. They're they're traditional national powers. They're already set. Giant name brand yes. recognition. Yep. Even though Michigan, as the program, we all know, for the most part in the last 20 years, has sucked. Yep. They're still Michigan. Still Michigan. The name means something. For everybody else, Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern, Wisconsin, you Rutgers, just, Maryland. You just got leapfrogged. Yeah, well, those teams have no shot. No. They have no shot. Like, Brett Bielema could go down and do a wonderful job at Illinois. What's he going to do? Go 7-5? and five? Yeah. Yep, that's it. And Michael, so, Michael brought up this. He goes like, you know, there, there's a reason why you and me, even though we like football, we're not staying up on a Saturday night at nine o'clock to watch a Pac-12 football game between USC and and Oregon. If it's at nine, nine thirty, ten, we're gonna we're, we're just not. That's too late to really get invested in that sort of thing. Even if it might be good football, well, guess what? Now you're gonna have the Badgers playing out at that time. Have fun. You know, and, 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 and how about the cross court? How about when basketball season gets here? Well, and that's what I was going to get to. You're playing on a Tuesday night and USC's flying over to, to Rutgers. How's this going to work for some of these other sports? I don't know. You know, you're talking, yeah, you're talking literal cross country yes. flights. Please spare me the student athlete bullshit no. because you have basically told me as a university and as a conference, you don't fucking care. No. Because if you're willing to take these dudes away from their school for weeks at a time, if it, you know the Badgers could go on a road trip where you go, because the way I gotta figure they're going to do this, especially for like basketball, is like if Rutgers flies out to play USC, they're playing UCLA, UCLA. while they're there, Correct. because that, otherwise you're just kind of like baseball. It's too expensive. Yeah, it's, right. You're missing too much school, all that stuff. But maybe we'll hit Nebraska on the way. But like I, I, I just, I, I don't understand what this is going to do for other sports. Um. It kind of feels like college football is basically going to become two sports in of itself. You're going to have, because this isn't done. I know what you just said about Clemson. This isn't done. Notre Dame will be in the Big Ten by 2030. 
I guarantee it. There's too much money. They'll figure it out with with NBC. But your your biggest traditional rival is USC. They're now in the Big Ten. Your second biggest traditional rival is Michigan. They're in the Big Ten. You're regionally dead center of the Big Ten. It makes all the sense in the world for them to eventually join the Big Ten. They have an out clause in the ACC with basketball they could get out of. They'd be a perfect fit for basketball. That's going to happen. You're going to end up with a super conference Big Ten where they're going to have 18 or 20 teams. You're going to have a super conference in the South because the ACC will probably end up Clemson, Florida State, Miami. They'll end up melding into the SEC. Then it's going to be like, yeah, what is what is Oregon and Colorado and Utah and Tech, you know, Texas Tech. I've heard two what things. What are these teams going to do? Two things that would either happen. The Pac-12 is just going to dissolve. Some of the Arizonas and Arizona states are going to mold into the Big 12. What's left of that? And then Oregon and Oregon State, Wash, Wash State, they're going to go to the Mountain West, you know. Or they're going to try to, like the Big 12 did, try and fill by grabbing Hawaii, by grabbing Fresno right, State, but, but San you're Diego now, State. But you're now... You're a lower-tier Big right, Five. You're, you're, I know. You're, you're really, but you're not even a Big Five. Is you're the Big, big 12 you're, you're a big, big Five anymore? No. You're a Big Five in name only. Not You're not a Big Five in football. So is it still... Who, who's your best team? Is it still the SEC and the, and the Big 12 and everybody else? Does the big ACC 10. even... Or, or Big Ten. Does the ACC even make that conversation? Well, only because I think with... with Miami's tradition, Florida State's tradition, and Clemson's recent history, I would say, yeah, but barely. Okay. Barely. Because who's the best football team in the Big 12 now? Iowa State? I mean, for for basketball, absolutely they're a power five. You got Kansas, you got Iowa State. Um, You know, if Utah is always good, if they bring them in, Arizona would be a wonderful addition. They're they're always a power in basketball, but for football, no, that's a joke conference. That how is that better than the the freaking whack? It's not. How's that better than what's the one you watch during the week? Oh, uh, um, uh, the Mac, the Mac, Mid America Conference. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, everybody not in the Big Ten or SEC in like. Eight years, they might as well just be the subdivision. You might as well just have forty teams, and because now, aren't you going to have to expand the playoff with all this with these super conferences? Like, and I don't understand how a team not in one of those conferences ever makes the playoff. I mean, how can you justify it? How can you justify Central Florida? Is that that's who made it a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Or South Florida or whatever yeah, right. when they I, won like eleven and zero, wherever Scott Frost was. Send, yeah. You can't put them in a playoff. Who, who no way. Not when not when Michigan has to play Ohio State, go to USC, play at Notre Dame, play the Badgers, play Michigan State, go to Nebraska, play Penn. it's like what are you talking about? It's not it's like it's two different sports. So if these conferences keep expanding and contracting you know, the big get bigger and the smaller get smaller. And I know what you're saying about the playoff. You have to expand it because the current bowl system of relationships is built on conference versus conference. Right. So basically now you're just going to have Big Ten versus SEC in everything. Right. 
That's what I'm saying. It's makes it, no it's sense. Lost, it's luster. Yeah. And, and you're All not that gonna, tradition. You're not going to fly two Big Ten teams from the central and eastern portion of the country to play in a warm weather southwest climate when they just played in the regular season. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to go. We've talked about this. Nothing would. Nothing pisses me off more than New Year's afternoon at 3.30 when I want to watch the Rose Bowl, and it's fucking Oklahoma against, you know, somebody not in the Big Ten. And it's like, this is supposed to be Badgers UCLA, USC Michigan, Penn State Oregon. Stanford Iowa. Not anymore. No. Those days are over. Nope. And I, I'm a little bit worried for, <clears throat> for Marquette in the basket, like the basketball only type of conference. I don't know what the hell. I don't know if this matters at all for them. I really don't, you know, because only a handful of teams in the Big East actually have football programs. Georgetown, Villanova, UConn, they do. Do they end up leaving? And and ha- and do they go all of a sudden now are these conferences looking around in the Big East or and the Big 12 goes We'll take UConn, right? Cuz at least we know they're a great basketball, basketball school. school yeah. And now all of a sudden Creighton and Marquette and DePaul and St. John's are looking around going well, hi. What are we supposed to do here? We're over here. So we're, we're, we're I, left. that's there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns, man. And I money rules the world, but and I don't I don't like any of this. On stuff. a smaller scale, I you know I kind of equate this to what's the constant shuffling that's going on in high schools too. You know where football is ruling the roost. I mean, this is the first year that in however many that Beloit Memorial football is not going to be playing Big 8 teams. Yeah. That's foreign to me, and mm-hmm. it's foreign to a lot of people older than me. And it sucks, it frankly. Does, it sucks. Because all those historic rivalries in history with the schools just to their north, they're gone. They're mm-hmm. going to play Elkhorn. Yep. They're going to play Burlington. They're going to play all these other. It's like they don't have anything. anything. Now they got to establish this again. How long is it going to last? You know, Craig and Parker got kicked back to the to the Big Eight after two years. Now some prairies over there. It's like you can't keep this stuff straight, and it hurts the product. It hurts the interest. It just does. I, I get why the high schools have done it to to streamline the playoff process for football, but they've just left a lot of damage in their wake by doing this. And it's not for for money's sake, like it is in the college sports. They're doing it for different reasons, and I get that. But that doesn't mean it doesn't affect the casual fan or the people sure. that have lifelong memories about their schools playing other schools for decades and, you know, a long list of a trophy of who won mm-hmm. which game each mm-hmm. year and what that means. And the diehards are going to be diehards, whether it's for sure. whether it's a diehard that you follow your school or you know you're a you're a huge college football guy. You're still gonna watch still college gonna football, watch. but for the rest of us, like, uh, 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 like what is this game? If, if USC is playing Northwestern, I don't care. Right? What does that do for me? Nothing. Especially not at nine thirty on a Saturday. No. What the hell does that do for me? No, absolutely zero. No, I don't. I'm I'm unsure of of how this is gonna go. I'm not really. I'm not really excited about the prospect of it. Do I think it's cool on the surface that they're going to get to add two big programs and they're going to get to go out west and the possibilities of recruiting and you know all the all the nice fluffy things? Of I don't course. think the recruiting has any. I think that's 
It's 2022, man. Okay. Everybody's got the internet. True. <laughs> I don't think it matters like That's it true. used to. Okay. Everybody knows where it's cold and where it ain't. That's true. It's, it's well, still cold all here. Right. Although the Badgers, like you said, they got some guy from Hawaii. So <laughs> I don't know what the couple. hell. What the hell kind of I nil deal did that guy get? <laughs> Jesus H. Gonna set him up with. Uh, hey, we're gonna give North you a, Face in Columbia. For, you know. No, they're gonna give winter him a, wear. He's got a four commercial deal with Rockies on uh, on Regent. <laughs> he took your spot. <laughs> That's great. Uh, All right. Um, I don't know whether we're going to be back next week. Maybe we'll wait, wait a couple before yep. football training camp starts. We'll see. Um, so, sorry, Tom. We might take another week off. We may not. We'll see how it goes. But that was an hour and a half episode today. So well, we needed it. It had been a while. Yeah, so. it'll tide you over for a while, I would think. So, good to be back and talking to you. For sure. Uh, absolutely. So, we'll we'll keep an eye on things and, and figure out when we can get down and uh, do this. Thanks for listening. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends, as always. Until next time, I'm Josh. Dan. We will talk to you down the road. Get some damn hits, Brewers.